are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. To the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I am your host, Michael Bauer. Um, the shows lately have been a little odd, not our normal, uh, how we do things here. So we are back. It is the new year. Hope everybody had a great new year. Hopefully you're all champions when you're hearing this. So best time of the year, this right now, is when Dynasty Championships are won. Almost as important as setting a lineup is scouting rookies. We're going to start today with the heralded running backs from the 2020 rookie class. So Joining me today, we got Shevin Nooney. What's good, Chev? What's going on, my man Mike? Doing all right here in Arizona. The weather's beautiful, my man. Question, is there scorpions in Arizona? I'm going to be honest. Like I've seen a couple, but I have not had one close to my vicinity. I did have a tarantula about walk up on my leg uh, when I was at camp a while back. So that was a little scary, though. Okay, so put Arizona on the list of places I am never going. Um, <laughs> joining me from the much milder New Jersey, we got Phil Porkman Simmons. What's good, Porkman? Not much, bro. The weather is not like that over here. <laughs> <laughs> got stuck in a snow squall the other day, and that was the absolute worst. And nobody Oof. knows how to drive either. No. Yeah. Look, it's flurrying. We better go two miles an hour. Yes, welcome to the Northeast, everybody. You'd think we'd know how to drive in it by now. But we haven't figured it out. So, sure have uh, And last but certainly not least, we got America's sweetheart and hashtag national treasure, oh, Garrett geez. Price. What's good, Garrett? I can only support so many nicknames. <laughs> I, I take, can't. <laughs> what? You take as many nicknames as I give you. I am the third best host on the planet. I'm giving myself that title. <laughs> Who are the right? first two? Uh, Andy Holloway and Jeremy Barker. I like it. I like yeah, it. That, Andy Holloway no, just followed me on Twitter. Oh, that's cool. Oh, he hasn't Dang. followed me back yet. It was a it was a a good feeling in my heart because I have no idea why he did, but it felt it felt good. Let's get America's sweetheart trending on Twitter. Um, I also would love to put in honorable mentions Ray Garvin and Rich Dotson as fantastic um, podcast hosts. See, it's a little hard for me to to put Ray in the top three because. He, he kind of does everything. That's so, true. you know what I mean? Like, if he had other people on, I would have him much higher. He's got that smooth voice, too. He does. Um, so, do not leave your ladies alone in a room with Ray Garvin. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, let's talk some running backs. Um, Garrett has given us a nice list. I guess we could just kind of get this disclaimer out of the way. We're going to leave Najee Harris off. As of right now, he is not declared. And it kind of looks like he's going back to college, correct, Garrett? Yeah, that's kind of the uh, the the rumor going around Twitter, and it's it's from some verified sources um, that are saying it's most likely that he is going to return. So as of right now, uh, we're going to assume that that is the play. Um, the other interesting one uh, that we probably won't cover just yet, we we will cover if he decides to come out, 
is Chuba Hubbard. Most of the reports are saying that he's probably going to go back to school, uh, but he still has not to ma- made his decision and even put out on Twitter today, like, sorry, it's taken so long. We have a lot of a lot of things to think through. want to make the best decision for my, me and my family, that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But as of right, new, right now, we're going to treat those two like they are not coming out. Okay. All right, so and uh, the time to declare is either the 20th or 24th. That's when they 20th. have to declare. The 20th. Okay, so um, this is going to be what day? What's the date? Today, 10th. it's like the 10th. Okay, so uh, if you are a devout Rewind fan, uh, you'll be hearing this on the 11th, so nine days, and we'll know. Make sure you follow Garrett. And follow all of us, but especially Garrett, because he loves the, these college guys. Um, he's going to let you know. Uh, the funny also, thing is, oh, go ahead, Jeff. all the Oklahoma teams, they always have like emojis that they use on Twitter. So like for OU, if they are getting a recruit, they always have the eye emojis. And then now they're trying to get Chuba back with all these Canadian flag emojis. So I don't know what it is with emojis, but apparently the colleges in Oklahoma love them. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so... Be on alert for emojis. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Um, also, make sure you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you go on iTunes uh, or just Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Tell everyone how great we are. Tell a friend. Uh, yeah, so let's get it started. Who wants to talk about Cam Akers? He's a 20-year-old running back from Florida State. For whatever reason, I didn't write that down, but I remember it. 5'11", 212 pounds so who wants to talk about cam makers first dealer's choice but i'm the dealer chef let's start with you <laughs> perfect i love it i haven't uh, hosted a podcast in a bit so i'm a little bit rusty <laughs> i apologize no cam makers was actually the first person i actually started watching film on uh, i haven't got to watch too much with all the work that i've been doing but uh, I the, I love what I saw from Cam Akers, man. I think he's very elusive. Uh, I think when he realizes nothing's outside, he really gets downhill real fast and tries to find a hole and just get as many yards as he can. Uh, I mean, we if you guys have watched film yet, the offensive line for that team was atrocious. Oh. Uh, the whole offense was just it was just not very good for Cam Akers. But uh, in my opinion, he made the best out of it uh, that he could. Um, he's, I think he's got pretty great vision. He sees the blocks and he sees defenders out of the corner of his eyes and makes them miss. I mean, he knows how to hit the spin button real quick. I mean, dude is nice. I mean, he knows how to run the football. Uh, he's got good hands. I love what I see out of that man. Um, I'm not sure uh, where he's going to land, uh, but if he can land in a good spot, I mean, he could rise up the board really fast uh, in fantasy football drafts. Okay. Does anyone have anything to add to Cam? I have a few thoughts as well. Well, I mean, to me, he seems like one of the most polarizing running backs that's coming out in the class because there's some people that said he's not good, and there's some people like, you know, Chev and I that thinks he's going to be pretty good coming out this year. Um, but like he said, also piggybacking off of Chev, that offensive line was hard, and even worse was the quarterbacks. Oh, it was terrible. And it's nothing. He It's like every pass he catch out the backfield, he's twisting and Turner. I mean, there was one pass that he dropped in um, one of the film studies I looked at. He dropped it, but, I mean, any other pass I saw coming his way, he has uh, pretty good hands. Yeah, and I think it's even something he could do even more in the NFL, too. I think uh, with that offense, the way they had it, I I just think he didn't get utilized as well as I think he could have or the best that he could to his abilities. But, I mean, 
I just think, I mean, even in pass pro, when I'm watching him, I don't think he was that bad at it. I think he, I think he's able to be out there uh, and and protect the quarterback, and I think he can make more plays in the passing game than uh, what he did in college. So that could be something that also boosts him up um, in the in the draft room as well for other teams. So we'll see. Yeah, Cam Cam Akers is a really really interesting prospect. Porkman, you you talked about how uh, people are kind of all over the map on him, and I think that's what you're going to see. Um, all the way up until at least the NFL draft, and we have a better idea of what the draft capital and the landing spot is for him. Because I've seen people say that you know he should be as high as the number one overall back in the class, and I've had people that said like he's more like seven, eight, nine. Um, so he, they're kind of all over the place. And even even whether he's expected to go in the NFL draft, I mean, I've seen second round, I've seen his latest fifth round. So uh, it, it's it's all over the map with him. I do think he is a very talented player. He was actually a quarterback uh, in high school, and uh, but the type of offense they, they ran, he was running the ball a lot. So he was actually a five-star recruit coming out of high school as a running back. And so there's obviously a good pedigree there. And you can see at times he's still a little bit newer to the position. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see that uh, a little bit in his vision at times and um, some certain things. But he is uh, – for not being a massive running back, he runs very powerfully. Um, he's got good lateral agility. Um, I, I do like what he can do out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he's like an elite weapon in the receiving game, but he's very more than capable uh, in the in the in the receiving game. So he's a, he's a player I like. The hardest part is I, I keep wanting to move him up my board. But there's so many other good running backs as well. And so, um, you know, this is just a really, really tough class to rank. Uh, so I think you're going to feel great if you can get any of these top six, seven, eight running backs. Maybe when we're done talking about these guys, um, Garrett, could you say that these are like tier one guys that we're talking about this week? Uh, tier one and tier two for me. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So, and yeah. that, it's early in the process. So they, obviously they can move around. Um, do you think maybe when we're done talking about them, we could just rank them, see where we sure. all fall there? Yeah. Um, so before we move on, uh, I'll just say quickly on Cam Akers what I saw. Um, he strikes me as a pro's pro. He kind of does everything well, but he didn't really wow me very much. Um, thought he had good vision behind the line of scrimmage and good patient. Good cuts when he's in the open field. He's very versatile. The power I thought was decent. But I do think that uh, his poor collegiate production could hurt his draft stock. We have seen that happen in the past. Um, for whatever reason, I thought he would look good as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he stayed healthy. I don't, he might have only missed a game or two in his entire college career, which would be a huge upgrade from James Conner. Um, so I think he's a day two, possibly a day three pick. That's my opinion. Um would you like some of his stats that I have painstakingly written down on this paper? Yep. Sure. Okay, great. So, um, in his career, we'll just do his entire career, 36 games, 586 carries, 2,875 yards. So, behind a terrible offensive line, he averaged 4.9 yards per carry over his career, which is pretty impressive. Um, 27 touchdowns, 69 catches for 486 yards, which averages seven yards a catch and seven totals touchdowns. So um, if he can do that behind a bad offensive line, he could be even better in the pros. So he might be a guy that uh, a team thinks that they got to steal. You know, you might have to handcuff him for a little bit like you 
thought you were going to be doing with the Devin Singletary early in the season. You thought he would be maybe TJ Yeldon's handcuff. And actually, TJ Yeldon turned out to be Devin Singletary's handcuff. Or was it Frank Gore? I guess it, I don't know. Depends on how you look at it. So, yeah. uh, anybody have anything to add to Cam Akers before we move on? Uh, I, I can just remember one play where dude was just like behind him and he just like felt his presence or he saw him out of the corner of his eye and just hit a spin move. I was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, it was just nasty. I was like, goodness gracious, boy. Take it Gotta easy. love them spin moves, right? Yes. Um, all right, so moving on to the next one, we have Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. He is five foot ten, two hundred ten pounds. He's twenty years old. I seem to notice, um, Garrett. I'm sure you picked up on this too. A lot of these running backs are really young. Yeah, it is a it is a younger class overall. There'll only be there'll only be one guy that we talk about today. I think he's in the group today uh, that that we would consider uh, an old man. Uh, but the rest of the guys are, are mostly juniors that came out early um, that we have at the top of this class. So it does uh, it does add add a little bit of extra value when you get a guy that's only 20 years old, 21 years old. Yeah. Um, so Eno Benjamin is five foot ten, 210 pounds. Uh, Arizona State again. So we started with Chev last time. Porkman, let's start with you this time. Uh, <clears throat> Eno Benjamin. I mean. Nothing really struck me so much that was good with him. He had a little bit of speed to him. But um, I really didn't have time to look at his too much because I looked at some other guys. But uh, do you have anything else on him? Uh, I got a bunch, but let's go to uh, Garrett. You want to take the hammer on this one? We'll go to Chev first. Sure, sure. So so Eno's an interesting player. He uh, Last year they had a, a much better offense overall. They had Nikhil Harry there and um, – but but this year he he really had to do a lot for this team, uh, and it was a younger team overall, and so they they've kind of run him into the ground. I mean he he got a lot of touches over these past three seasons, so I'm glad he's coming out because I don't I don't want him to get too much wear and tear before he gets to the league. Uh, one of the best qualities about Eno Benjamin is his his elusiveness, his lateral agility. I mean, he can make guys miss. I remember a, a play from uh, his sophomore season where he literally did a karaoke on a guy. And it was, it was I mean, I died laughing as I saw it uh, just because, like, he just made him look silly. So uh, I, I'm not sure... My concern with Eno is I'm not sure that he can be a true three-down back at the next level. Uh, you know, in today's NFL, there's, there's a better chance than there would have been a few years ago. And so in the right offense and the right fit, um, it's it's definitely still possible. But I think it's probably more likely than not that he is going to be um, more of a third-down pass-catching type player. Now... I'm not saying, you know, a completely eliminate him off your boards and there's no chance that he's going to be a three down guy because it could happen. So I'm just saying that's that's something that I am concerned about is that he does get stuck in a role like that and doesn't get the opportunity uh, to really feature all of his uh, all of his uh, skills. Uh, and he's just more used as a third down back. But I do think he's a very nice player. I don't think he's going to. Uh, Wow, people in the 40-yard dash, I think he's probably going to be more in the uh, low 4.5s, 4.6s. Um, so for, for a smaller back, that does hurt a little bit as well. But like I said, that, that elusiveness is pretty impressive. Okay. Uh, Chev, your thoughts on Eno Benjamin? 
Yeah, I'm about the same with Garrett. I mean, I haven't really watched too much film like Porkman said on him, but I mean, uh, I basically agree with almost everything that Garrett said right there. Um, okay, so for me, um, I like that. I liked his footwork and his feet were always moving. Uh, that's one of the things that I look at a lot when I played football. Um, so one of the things that our coaches told me was if their feet can't move, the rest of their body can't move. Um, that's how we were taught to tackle people. So I try to look at when they're getting wrapped up, what are their feet doing? What are their legs doing? Um, so his feet are always churning. I think he's got good power, a good start and stop. Usually it doesn't go down on first contact. Um, and I like the way he runs between the tackles, which could be great in the NFL. Um, that I thought he was a slightly above average receiver too. So... Um, if you would like to hear his stats, I have them here. Again, I painstakingly wrote them down. I wrote them down for everybody, so I'm no, it's it's good. Them. It's good to know. I mean, that's not the end all be all, um, right? But college production does play a role. So he's kind of close to Cam Akers as far as um, rushing wise, receiving. He's a little bit higher, and that this is in two less games total. So 34 games, 576 carries. 2,867 yards. So he averaged five yards a carry in college, um, 27 touchdowns. Uh, in his sophomore year, he had 16, which was his sophomore season was pretty impressive overall. Um, 82 catches, 625 yards, and four touchdowns in college. So um, anyone have anything to add to Eno Benjamin before we move on? Nope. I'll take that nope. as a no. So probably the next guy... Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be thinking 1-1 for DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. He is, again, 20 years old, a little bit smaller than the other guys, though. 5'9", 215, uh, fast. Georgia running back. They seem to have a thing going on down there with good running backs lately. Um, I don't know what's going on. So uh, let's start with Garrett with DeAndre Swift. Yeah, Swift is, as of right now, my 101. Um the best part about Swift is there's no there's no real holes in his game. Like anything that you would want this guy to do, he can make happen. Um, he's got uh, not not elite speed, but but he's going to be fine in that department. I think it'll be probably the low four fives, um, high four fours probably. Um, but he's uh, he's strong. Uh, he's elusive. Good in pass protection. Basically, never fumbles the football. Um, I, I mean, his dead leg move uh, had guys looking absolutely moronic at times. Um, and uh, I, I think if you draft DeAndre Swift, you're going to be happy. Like, he has the highest floor out of any of these running backs. Now, I will say, I do think there are other running backs that have higher ceilings. Um, there were times where he would he had trouble getting to the end zone which which was interesting to me um and touchdowns don't just look at the touchdown numbers because they can be they can be tough to know based on what type of offenses run uh the opportunities where the player had the opportunity so it's not just about him only having seven ten or ugh, seven rushing touchdowns it was more about the fact that uh, you would watch him get these good chunk plays, these 15-yard plays, these 20-yard plays, these 25-yard plays. But very rarely did he do more than that. So uh, it, it's not a death sentence in any way, shape, or form. Um, and I'm not saying he can't 
do it in the NFL. Um, he just doesn't quite have the the nose for the end zone and and, and some of the things in the open field that you would want to see um, from some of the other players. But like I said, solid all the way across the board. When I was doing my rankings, I have like a numeric system uh, for these running backs, and it was all like all of these eights and nines all over the place. And so. Very, very good running back. Very solid. I expect him to be an RB1 uh, for teams for a long time, but probably more in the 6-12 to 12 range as opposed to the 1-6 to six range. Okay. Um, Horkman, your thoughts on DeAndre Swift? Yeah, <clears throat> that was my same thoughts with Garrett as in, like, those big chunk plays. It was a ton of big chunk plays, but, you know, when they give him the ball, it, it seems like it was less of, like, four or five-yard carries or more of the – the big chunk plays, and sometimes that might bother me because in the NFL, when you start to get NFL defenses to understand what your ins and outs are and what you do good and what you do bad, they'll start to key in on those things, and that's the only thing I worry about. But he is an elite talent, and when he goes, he's going, and you can't you can't stop him if he gets that corner. Okay. Um, Porkman, anything else, or uh... – uh, no, that was it. Okay. Chef, thoughts on DeAndre Swift? I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I first started watching DeAndre Swift, I was, um, I don't know. Like, I just had a weird feeling. I just didn't see what everybody else was seeing. But, I mean, I love the way that he catches the ball out of the backfield. I love the way that he was utilized in the passing game. Because uh, when I'm looking for a running back in the first round, I want to find somebody that's going to be able to be on the field for all three downs. And I definitely think Swift can do that. I mean, he's pretty good in pass pro as well. Um, I mean, when he gets in open space, I mean, he can make people look stupid, like Garrett said. So uh, that was one thing that I definitely took um, into effect and when I was watching him. Uh, but I still got I still got a little looking into DeAndre Swift. I, I still need to dig in a little bit more because at some points I'm like, oh, man, he's, all, he's, he's good, but is he going to be able to get to the touchdowns like they said? Is he going to be able to bust off those big plays and finish the runs? And, I mean – I still got a lot more film to watch, but I'm 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 up in the air with him right now, honestly. So I'll say this: if I could find a woman to marry me, DeAndre Swift could find the end zone in the NFL. Let's put that out there right now. <laughs> um, that being said, watching film on DeAndre Swift made me completely reevaluate how I do things. Um, first things first: you have to be honest with yourself and with your dynasty teams in the off season, and that starts with film breakdowns. I need to stop thinking that I'm smarter than everybody. And when I hear so-and-so is my 1-1, I need to stop thinking, well, I'll show you. I'll find a better guy. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, he was my 1-1 until I watched somebody else who we will get to. But um, I feel like DeAndre Swift is probably one of the most pro-ready running backs that we have on this list. Um, That being said, their game-managing quarterback. um, Hi, Chef. Did you want to say something or did you just press the... No, I was just going to let you know. So after you get done, you can say, Chef. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So uh, so Jake Brom is behind center a lot. um, So I think he's kind of pro-ready. He's a tough runner, but has finesse. He's got good patience and good burst. He is not a grinder. He is not Benny Snell. He is a playmaker. He can run inside, outside. He can catch the ball. Great stop start. Um, My only question is, can he handle an NFL workload? And the reason I ask that is because he's never really had to. Uh, we know the, the kind of lineage of the Georgia backs, starting with um, Todd Gurley. Then we had Nick Chubb, Sonny Michel, uh, all these guys coming out. So in his career, 43 games, 440 attempts. So it's kind of on the lower side compared to the last two guys we talked to. Um, 
2,885 yards, 6.6 yards a carry, 20 touchdowns, um, 73 catches for 666 yards. He's averaging almost 10 yards of reception and five touchdowns. So, um, like I said, he's not my 1-1. He's my 1-2, but we'll get to the reason why. Um, I just think he really also knows how to use his physical tools. He knows what he's got in the bank and, and when to, to get it out. Um, but Chev, you wanted to say something. I kind of jumped the gun a little early there. <laughs> no, you're good. This is the last thing I wanted to say was, I mean, as I watched the film on him, it looks like he gets better as the game goes on as well. So that's one thing I kind of picked up. Uh, just wanted to share that. Okay. Um, Garrett, is there anything you want to tell me I'm right or wrong about? No, I mean, I, I have no issue with that. Honestly, you could make a very strong argument for for probably four different running backs uh, to be the 101. Uh, my big thing with, with the early draft picks is I don't want to miss. If if they don't get hit quite the ceiling I was hoping for, I can live with that. But I don't want to miss on a guy. And I feel like DeAndre Swift is far and away the safest player with the highest floor. I feel really good about him being, you know, worst case scenario, a, a low end RB two for most of his career. So you know, run back twelve to fourteen, like, and, and and I don't expect that to happen. I do think he'll be a six through twelve guy. So Garrett, let me ask you this then. I've actually wanted to ask you this all week. This is the one question I've been most excited about. All right. You always say talent is greater than opportunity. Yes. Correct. So do you think that the 2020 class could be a case of opportunity over talent just because the talent is there for everybody? So that's a good question. Um, so when I talk about talent over opportunity, um, what I mean is I am not going to move a player several tiers because of where their landing spot is or where they ended up in the draft. Um, at most, every once in a while, I'll move a player up one tier or down one tier. But that's even pretty rare for me. Like Once you're in a tier for me, you're not moving much outside of that tier. Now, you might move to the bottom of that tier or to the top of that tier, uh, but you're not moving too far outside that tier. And like I said, in a few exceptions, I will move them down one tier, up one tier. Um, so it would be more like, uh, you know, for me right now, a guy like um, Zach Moss, I think he's a good player, uh, but I'm I'm not crazy high on him. He's probably going to end up around, you know, RB10, RB11. So if he ends up in Kansas City and DeAndre Swift ends up in – uh, let me think of a bad landing spot. Um, Dallas. <laughs> sure. He ends up in Dallas. I'm still not taking Zach Moss over DeAndre Swift. That What what that tells me is they already took uh, Swift in probably the first or second round. That means they either have a plan to do something with Zeke, although that wouldn't make much sense since they just you know, signed well, him to a new contract. Maybe that but, wasn't the best example. But maybe but, like Tennessee would be a bad landing spot right now. Right, right. So, but that tells me that they have some sort of plan uh, with what they want to do with him. Um, so, I, that's all I'm saying is overall, more often than not, talent rises to the top. There, there are some cases where guys just get stuck and coaches are dumb. You know, you have that happen with Kenyon Drake. Um, so, you know, those cases do happen, but. You know, there's a lot of times like, you know, everybody's moving A.J. Brown down because he went to Tennessee. Dude's probably, 
most would have him as the top receiver in the class right now. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, people weren't weren't so sure because, well, I don't know, they got Carlos Hyde there. Well, that didn't end up meaning Jack Squat. You know, yeah. Joe Mixon, he he's the RB three. I, I don't know when he's going to get his opportunity behind you know Jeremy Hill and uh, uh, Gio Bernard. And you know, by the end of the season, he was the starter. So you know, there, there's a lot of different things that can end up happening. So for me, at the end of the day, I would much rather bank on the talent. And if the situation sucks, situations change really quickly. Talent doesn't just go away. Okay. Um, so let me ask just real quick. You would have A.J. Brown over Terry McLaurin, Darius Slayton? Yes. Uh, it's okay. close. It's close between McLaurin and uh, A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown would be my top receiver right now. He was he was my top rated um, just on like all of my film stuff before uh, the NFL draft, and then he moved down to – it was like four, I think, after uh, after he uh, went to Tennessee. So – so we'll just touch on this real quick. Do you think it's also time for the fantasy community to apologize for being wrong about the Kalen Zacharias Metcalf? Um, yes and no. Uh, I will say he has absolutely performed better than I thought he would this season. And he's in the perfect system for his skill set, too. Absolutely, and that is definitely a situation where you look at the situation and that was a hand-in-glove fit. Um, that being said... A lot of his production has come when Tyler Lockett has, for some reason, become invisible. Uh, I'm not quite exactly sure what's happening there, uh, but I don't expect it to be that way forever. Um, And I do also expect that soon here, he's going to start getting tougher coverage, better cornerbacks on him. Um, You know, he's gotten the attention of defenses, which is going to make it harder for him to make some of the plays that he's made. So will he still have some really big games? Absolutely, but I do think there will be times that he he disappears too. I just want to say that when you said hand and glove fit, I thought of OJ Simpson right away. <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> couldn't help it. Uh, we ready to move on to the next one? Yep, I think so. All right, so we are going to. And I text Garrett when I was watching film how painful it was for me. Um, the next man up is Jacalyn Dobbins. That is what JK stands for. <laughs> Uh, he is from, oh, I'm going to say this and hate myself, yeah, the it, Ohio State University, the, yeah. who, didn't hey bowl, who didn't win their bowl game. Um, How did Penn State do? They crushed Memphis. Oh, congrats. You beat Memphis. Yeah, and it was a great, actually, it was a really good game, too. They scored like 50-some <laughs> points. Anyway, How'd you do against Ohio State, though, is what I meant. So he's five foot ten, <laughs> 216 pounds. Um, he's an old man. He's 21 years old. Um, you know what? I'm going to start with J.K. Dobbins because you're all picking on the host. Um, the first word I have written down is elite. Next to it is powerful, which is underlined. Um, you want to talk about physical, tough, three-down running back. A buddy of mine was saying he doesn't like him because he can't catch the ball. He has 71 catches for 645 yards in his collegiate career and five touchdowns. Okay, his legs are always moving. He is hard to tackle. He's nasty. He's mean. I do not want this young man to hit me. Um, all the tools that you need, like I said, three down running back. If he would get drafted, I don't know, Indianapolis, sign me up. He can slash. He can juke. He can spin. He can stiff arm. He gets hurt. He gets taped up. He gets right back in the game. He can stutter step. 
he stops, starts, it's above average, and he gets better as the game goes on. So that is my thought on J.K. Dobbins. He is my RB11, just from film. Um, we'll throw the stats out quick and then let, let you guys have your time to talk about him. 42 games, 725 attempts, 4,459 yards, 6.2 yard average, 38 touchdowns. We talked about the receptions before, but we'll say it again. 71 catches, 645 yards, 9.1 yards average, five touchdowns. That's J.K. Dobbins. So we could go right to an Ohio State fan. Porkman, what are your thoughts on Jaqueline? Yeah, that's actually, I'm actually surprised that you made him your one-on-one because that is also my one-on-one this year. When you talk about your dynasty team, you have to put your rooting interest aside. And I and I, and I and I definitely team. did, but I I did too because I I had to go in there with an open mind, right. and me just watching him all year, run the way he did this year is leaps and bounds from what he looked like when he first started in his freshman and sophomore year. Yeah, Two thousand three pr- yards this year, crazy. That, that's outrageous. Ooh. And he, when he got he looked like he was going to be like a scat back type of player, but the way watching him bulk up and. He developed throughout the year. He just he looked he looked like a three down back, and that's the way he's going to be when he gets into this league. He has the wiggle. He got the power. He can get around the corner. He got that that contact balance that we all look for in running backs. Um, he can he bounces off and he scores and he can catch. It, it, it just, that's that's just my love affair running back this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't say I blame you. He's he's one of those guys that if I'm starting an NFL team, you need a running back. <laughs> Sign me up, man, right here. Um, Porkman, anything else to add on JK? Um, I would just uh, I would just watch for he he did, he got over I believe uh, he had a ton of carries this year. And three hundred and one. Uh, yeah, three hundred and one. That's a lot. That uh, is a lot. That's a that's a ton coming out. So, I would just watch watch that injury that he had in the bowl game, which he toughed out. Which I think that's going to improve his draft stock as well, because he wants to be out there for his team and win. And he almost brought them out of it. Hey, almost. Uh, but Clemson, they're a good football team, admittedly. Yeah, so um, the refs, the refs are really oh. good too. Now you, now you sound like a Saints fan. Dude, how annoying are <laughs> they? Wrong. Seriously. No, it's true, though. I mean, we've seen a lot of, you know, with the officiating in both the NCAA and the NFL is not getting any better. I feel like it's getting worse. And, you know, we're starting to see players get hurt because of poor officiating. Mm -hmm. And I I thought the whole thing was to keep players safe first and to make the game better. And it is doing the exact opposite. And it starts with the commissioner. It, it, it's on him. So I will gladly be the new NFL commissioner. Nominate Michael Bauer for NFL commissioner. Hey, hey, hashtag, my vote. hashtag vote for Bauer. Got First you. thing we do is no more international games because that screws everybody <laughs> up. Well, just think about it. Porkman, remember uh, two years ago, Eagles played in uh, London, started at 930. Yeah. If you're an Eagles fan that lives in, or a Jaguars fan, all five of you, that live in California, that game comes on at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's way too early. That's a little ridiculous, don't you think? I mean, if you love football, you'll get up. 
yeah, but <laughs> you know, what if you work late or something like that? You got to sleep too. So, uh, but back on track, uh, I can plan my coup of Roger Goodell another time. Um, so, Garrett, your thoughts on J.K. Dobbins? We'll go to the next Ohio State fan. Yeah, you guys, you guys have done a good job of covering him so far. Um, he he's a really talented player. Uh, it was interesting after a sophomore year, I was I was a little bit down on J.K. Um, you know, and and I went back and watched the tape, and it's like, dang, he's still really good, but you know, the numbers weren't quite there, and he, he didn't have quite the same explosion he had as a freshman. Um, and uh, this this year, it seemed like he was healthy again. Um, it, I heard he slimmed down some. And, uh, man, he was just absolutely explosive. Um, you know, if, if I'm being nitpicky uh, at all, uh, he's not the greatest in pass protection. He's fine. He's not, he's not bad. He's not a liability. But I wouldn't say that's necessarily a strong area of his. Um, and you do have to wonder uh, about how much he benefited from being in such a good offense. But uh, he, is, he is my uh, running back, too, right now. And him and Swift are very close. And I think in the right system, he will absolutely feast. Smart player, um, good all around. You, you, there's really no major, uh, major concerns, major holes, anything like that. Um, and man, when you talk about, he has uh, the best in the class as far as when you talk about the lateral agility. Uh, I mean, he will just. I, I put together a 25 second video the other day of just him making defenders fall. Uh, and, uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I think there was a Penn state one on there, Mike. I don't know. Hey, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> Are you done? Yep. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Chef thoughts on, Oh, you know what? Before we move on, Garrett, did you know that his name was Jekaylen? I did not. I, you know what? I have learned that you are the master of, of, of the, the God given true <laughs> government name. <laughs> the the podcast host has to be prepared. Hey, and you are. That's what I do. So, Chef, thoughts on J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, so same thing with Garrett. Just the pass pro is a little little nick for me, but I mean, I'm not not too worried about that. I mean, I watched him put a dude six feet under against uh, old Wisconsin. He stiffed armored dude straight into the ground. So I mean, I love what I see, man. He's, he's like he said, he's elusive. He's not scared of contact. He's got good hands. And, man, I, I, love, I love watching this film. It's really fun to watch. So the whole pass pro thing, yeah, it is a slight concern. For reference, Miles Sanders couldn't pass pro to save his life when he came out of college, and he's actually somewhat proficient at it now. So, yeah, obviously that's a school you can learn and yeah. you can get better at. So I'm not too uh, worried about that, especially with an elite player like J.K. Dobbins. He's going to pick it up. And when he gets better at it, he'll probably be really, really good at it. So I'm not worried about that. Um, anyone have anything else to add before we move on? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Good. All right, we're going to go to the next guy who I am not as high on, and I will explain why. So that is Travis Etienne from Clemson. Shut Isn't your mouth. Uh, my <laughs> mouth has to keep flapping. I'm hosting Garrett. Um, he's 20 years old. He's five foot 10, 200 pounds. So... Garrett, since I'm wrong, let's let you tell me why. Gladly. Uh, <laughs> I know you will, too. That's the best part about it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Of this group, uh, Akers and ETN are probably the most controversial players. Um, there's a lot of people that really like ETN, a lot of people that really do not like ETN. Um, and if you are in the, the, the team that is not a fan, 
Um, I, I understand the rationale behind it. He is not the most powerful back. He is not going to be um, your prototypical uh, between the tackles type runner. That being said, uh, his biggest concern coming into the season uh, was was in the receiving game. Was he able to catch the football? Uh, he did, wasn't didn't do it a lot and didn't look amazing at it his first two seasons. A quote came out about him being you know afraid to catch the football and. I think it was a slight misquote, but regardless, um, that wasn't a good look for him. And then all he does is come out here, and uh, I think he put up 32 receptions this past season for nearly 400 yards. Like, yeah, he, but he, Garrett wasn't all like most of that in one game or something like that. He he had a lot against Ohio State in the uh, in the semifinal game there, um, but he even before that, I think he only had five catches, so he still had 27 before that game. Um, now, it, it's not like he's running these wide receiver routes. Mostly was stuff in the flat screen game, that type of stuff. But at the NFL level, as long as you can do that, you're 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 valuable on third down still. So, um, but the thing that is special, that is absolutely special and elite, and that's the thing that you want to see is where can I find um, some elite traits or well above average traits. And I have literally, I said this on the Nerds podcast too, I have literally never seen someone with the acceleration that Travis Etienne has. He can go from zero to top speed almost instantaneously. And where I see that the most, and it's really, really impressive, is really in the open field, he will make contact with a guy and show incredible contact balance, and then get right back to full speed right now. Like, right, right now. And when he's in the open field, you're not catching him. Uh, he's probably going to run uh, low four threes uh, at the uh, at the combine. And so I am extremely excited for this kid. Like I said, good contact balance, um, elite athlete when it comes to uh, the speed and the acceleration game. Not going to do uh, as much for you. As your, you know, your bruising goal line type back, but in the NFL and specifically for fantasy football, he only needs one play to make your day, and I think he'll be able to do it in the right offense. Do you guys want to go next, or would you like me to rain on Garrett's parade now? It's all you, Mike. All right, so work. First of all, Garrett, you're absolutely right about everything you said, and I hate disagreeing with America's sweetheart. Speed is king everywhere, and it's great. But I wonder, is he that good, or is it Clemson? Now, he can get hit, and he can get back up to full speed against poor tackling teams like, I don't know, Wofford. In the NFL, when you're playing against good tackling teams like the Green Bay Packers, you're probably going to get laid out. I don't think he's a huge tackle breaker. One of the biggest concerns that I have is when he starts to get wrapped up, his legs stop moving. And I talked to you guys about that before. Um, I'm also wondering if he can handle an NFL workload. I do not feel like he's a three-down back. Garrett, I think you and I agree on that. Um, he could be an RB2 somewhere, and he could still make your day. Um, there's a lot of times where if you're watching film on Clemson and you specifically focus in on Travis Etienne, you might only get into the third quarter because they're blowing teams out, and he's on the bench. So – I don't know if he's going to be able to handle a full workload. Um, there's a lot of concerns there, but the speed and when he does make somebody miss, it is pretty impressive. So, 
that's R- just real quick before they get going. I do think he can be a three down back for what it's worth. Okay. Um, Would you like to make a one million dollar bet on that? A one million dollar <laughs> bet? I don't think either one of us have the uh, have the that? collateral to uh, to own up to whatever side loses that bet. I got like okay. $1. So, I don't say, like, you want my 12 about, bucks? Like, we can talk about, about that. How about Taco Bell? How would Taco we Bell even, like... I'll a pork sandwich. How would we engage... <laughs> yeah, we could do the pork sandwich for sure. Um, but how would we engage a, a bet like that, to be honest with you? I don't even know. Uh, we'd probably have to do it on, like, total number of carries or total number of touches or something like that, I would guess. All right. We'll work on that. How's that sound? All right. Sounds good. But anyway, continue. I think I cut you off. Oh, no, 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 you're good. Basically, I, I do think he can be a three-down back. Um, but, you know, there there is a chance that he could get pulled out on third downs uh, at times, and so it would be, be more on first and second down. So uh, I'm not going to live and die by, by that uh, specifically. Um, but I, I do think that he will have enough touches during a game where, you know, he, you get that man 15 touches like you get Alvin Kamara 15 touches. It's probably going to be looking pretty good for your team. And he's another guy that could also be like a Tony Pollard, given enough touches, even with a at an elite running back and Ezekiel Elliott in front of him, he could still be a productive sure. um, RB2. One um, of the comps that I heard for him, and uh, it's going to sound, it's almost going to sound negative, and I don't think it is because I think he's a slightly better version of this player. Uh, but I, I see a lot of Matt Breda in him. Um, but I think he's okay. a better version of Breda. Do you think he's as powerful as Breda? Uh, I do. I do. Um, I, I think he needs to, to bulk it up a little bit, uh, but I think he has the frame to do it. Um, he's he's actually slightly lanky for a running back, um, but there's there's some room there to, to fill out. So I think he could add, um, you know, between now and the NFL draft, I think he could add 8 to 10 pounds. I could see him going to a team that doesn't necessarily, quote-unquote, need a running back, kind of like um, the Joe Mixon scenario that you sure. just referenced a little bit ago. And kind of maybe take a year, half a year, and then all of a sudden he's a thing. Absolutely. I could, I could see that being something. Um, Chev, your thoughts on Travis Etienne? Yeah, like Gary was saying, I mean, I love the speed. The acceleration is ridiculous, man. It just, he gets up and goes. He gets out of there. I mean, if you can get him in open space, I mean, this dude can be dangerous in the NFL. I mean, they're a little bit faster in the NFL. They don't play Wilford there, apparently. I thought they did, but I mean, <laughs> man. Oh, crap. Okay, but, I mean, just get the guy the ball in the open field. Like Garrett said, I mean, Kamara only needs 15 touches. I mean, I'm right there with uh, that statement. So, I mean, if he can get 15 touches in the game and I have him on my fantasy team, I think I'm going to be pretty happy at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, Porkman? Yeah, I actually agree with you, Mike, about the whole Travis Etienne thing. Finally, someone agrees with me. Split split jury. Yes, a split jury. I got 500, Gary. You got enough? Man, I got like I got like twelve bucks. Damn, I got both negative six. <laughs> he said I'm in debt to my eyeballs. You got pork sandwiches yeah. though. Who cares? You yeah, you you better. Well, that's that's worth at least like twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, until I eat them. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I mean, with <clears throat> with ETN, it just seems like he's he has to be in space for him to produce, and that's a little bit nervous to me. And I don't think I want to draft somebody. Like that, he kind of, he kind of, he would be like the spark score type guy, like the the combine darling, mm-hmm. and everybody will go for him. But I'm not too sure if I want that on my team. And, he has uh, the high upside, but to me, his floor is is kind of low. You know, like 
Gary, you said you're being nitpicky with uh, Dobbins. You know, he's product of a great offense. Could we say the same thing about Travis Etienne? Absolutely. Absolutely. You could say that uh, about, about him as well. And, and you could also talk about, you know, the ACC doesn't play very good defense for the most part. Um, Whereas the Big Ten does. The Big Ten does. The SEC does. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's he has still produced in the games that are outside of that. Like the, the Ohio State game recently, really big game. Um, hurt us really bad, honestly. Um, the the national championship game against Alabama, really big game. So it, it's not like he's only getting his his yards and touches uh, on against these you know lower tier teams. He's able to do it against the big boys as well. Okay, um, you guys want his stats real quick? Yep. One thing before that, Big Twelve oh, sure. plays defense too. Don't don't disrespect us. <laughs> Just kidding. We got Torres. Y'all see that eight touchdowns first half almost? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they were playing prevent defense all game, I think. <laughs> Shoot. Sorry. Chev, that was a rough game. Though. Um, but Travis Etienne's stats, 42 games, 503 carries, 3,960 yards, averaging almost eight yards a carry, 7.9, 55 touchdowns, so for a guy who hates to catch the ball, 49 grabs for 531 yards, 10.8 yards average, and six touchdowns through the air. So we shall move on. Um, he was my 1-1 for a while until I got into some of these other guys. He has taken an absolute beating three years in Camp Randall. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. He's 5'11", 214 pounds. Um, as of right now, he is 20. He's going to be 21. Uh, I think within the next couple weeks I saw. Um, you want to talk about mileage. We'll, we'll throw the stats out here first. 41 games, 926 carries for 6,174 yards, two back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, and the one before that was 1977, so he was almost there. 6.7 yards per carry average, 50 touchdowns, 42 catches, 407 yards, 9.7 yards per grab average, and five touchdowns. So not used in the passing game very much, um, but he can do it. I think he's probably he, – he's a three-down NFL back. He can be. He's pro-ready. Um, but, Chev, let's, do you want to start off with Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about him. Um, I, I, like you said, I think he I think he's a good enough pass catcher to survive in the NFL pass catching-wise. I mean, I'm not scared to, to draft him. Because of that, I mean, I'm going to take him right there and be happy with his pass-catching abilities. I mean, I was watching one game. I mean, he, he reached around his whole body to one hand a ball. I mean, the defender hit him right after that, but he had like a second or two where he actually had the ball, and I mean, it was an impressive catch, but um, just the defender knocked it out. But, I mean, I, I like what I see out of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I mean, he's a physical back. I mean, he can get downhill. I mean, the yards tell itself. I mean, three seasons, almost at 2,000 yards. I mean, that is ridiculously impressive. So, I mean, especially at his age, I mean, he was 18, running for, what'd you say, 1,977 yards or something like that? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's crazy. That is ridiculous. Like, but I mean, I, I like what I see. Um, that's I don't really have too much. I still need to watch a little bit more film on him. Well, Chef, do you think that he doesn't catch the ball a lot because maybe they didn't ask him to? Like, they run, to me, the Wisconsin offense looks like an old-school NFL offense where – your running back runs the ball, your quarterback passes the ball to the wide receivers and the tight ends, and you're, that's it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm right there with you on that. I mean, I just don't think he was asked to do it as much as uh, these other guys have been asked to do it. So that's the only thing I see out of that. Yeah. Um, Porkman, your thoughts on JT? Um, I think his best attribute to me is his vision running in between the tackles. Um, when, you, <clears throat> when you have like that reverse angle look and just see how he reads the uh, his offense and defensive line, he's. I think that's the probably the most elite part about his game. Once he once he sees his hole, he just hits that hole and just goes for the end zone because he. They say he used to be a sprinter back in the day. Um, my only issue with him is his lateral movement. He seems a little stiff to me. Like he doesn't really move in and out. Like his jump cuts are good, but they're not like to the level to where J.K. Dobbins and the ETNs and the Acres are for me. Um, so I think right now he's my 104 at this point. Okay. Um, I think he developed his uh, pass catching last year, and uh, he's gotten he's gotten a lot better with that as well. But um, I think he's he'll be best suited to get into the league. When he gets a, when he gets a good offensive line with, <clears throat> with like a good offensive line, like a Pittsburgh type offensive line, not to go to that team particular, but you know Wisconsin always busts out good, uh, busts out good running backs. I think because of their offensive line, it teaches them how to run in between their tackles and guards. Yeah, there are Maulers up there. Yeah. Anything else, or Garrett? Uh, so I am a little bit lower on Jonathan Taylor than others. Um, it's, it's not because he's a bad football player. I think he's a very good football player. Um, but I I think Porkman said it right when, when he talked about his vision, he, he does have very good vision, but he's a player that's going to get what's blocked and he doesn't usually get more than what is blocked. Um, you see a lot of times when there's defenders in the backfield, he wasn't able to do some of the things that the Swifts and the Dobbins were able to do to get out and still make a play out of something. Um, so it's no knock against Jonathan Taylor. I, I just think that between that and he's had some fumbling issues and um, he is better uh, in the receiving game than he was. I still I still don't think he's a weapon um, by any means in the, in the receiving game. Uh, so uh, he, he's a good player. And I think in the right offense, he'll he'll do very well. Uh, but if he gets if he gets drafted by a team that doesn't have a good offensive line, I am not sure that he would be able to still uh, put up the type of, of potential numbers that you would want from a guy that you are going to take with one of your top four or five picks. You know where he would look good? Call me crazy, Buffalo. No, I think that's a great fit for him. I think him and yeah. Devin Singletary would be a really good matchup. That's a good one-two punch. Um, so Garrett, since you were a linebacker, how would you feel about tackling Jonathan Taylor? I wouldn't, I would just, you know, I I would take my benching, you know, it is what it is. So just run away. Yeah. Just be like, nah, I'm good. What I do notice scared is right. Um, he does get what's blocked, but he usually does not go down on first contact when he's in the open field. He will absolutely murder somebody. Um, what I like about him is he's a one cut runner. He's not going to be dancing around behind the line of scrimmage. He sees his hole. He hits it hard. Um, he's really good balance, too. Uh, my concern for him is he took an absolute pounding in college. Although I don't think he missed any games. Um, not that I'm aware of. So health doesn't seem to be a concern. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, How it much... could be a good thing or a bad thing. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Is somebody somewhere else, Garrett? <laughs> what happened? I don't know, Garrett. Where did you go? Are you on a different what? podcast right now, dude? I have no idea what just happened. My my <laughs> pocket just went nuts. That was a that was I heard that before. That's like right. the intro to another pod. I've always wanted to do this. Dynasty theories. It could have been worse. And welcome back to our podcast. <laughs> right. Is everybody ready to keep going? Wow. Look look at this professional over here with the man, I don't I don't even Wow. All right. Well there you go. Hey Garrett, you're fired. I, I get it. No. I get it. I deserve it. You can't you can't uh, fire the Debbie guy. No, you can't. You can't. You have to at least you have to at least wait till May. Yes. Um, are you guys ready to move on to our last guy of the night? How much do you guys uh, play into him having all that workload? Is it somebody you're kind of staying away from just because of the workload, or does that even play a role in your guys' uh, viewing of him? I'm 50-50 on it, me yeah. personally, because that, that's, a, that's a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it, too. Because, like, I mean, you don't – it's like he, has, he hasn't gotten hurt, but, I mean, when you get into the league, that's, that's going to be a ton of carries. He's still young enough, too, so – for for me, I don't I don't stress about it too much um, because with all of these guys, I'm really just looking at that first contract. So those first four years, five years at best, and then after that, you know, I'm either you know selling or if I get if I get more out of that, I consider that gravy and and, and I'm happy with life. But I, I'm really only you know worried about my running back for his first four seasons or so. Yeah, you just. Do you, do you stay away from second contract running backs? Yes, like the plague. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's kind of a good good way to look at it. You know, it's, uh, you're you're getting ready to resign. Let's get you on somebody else's team. Yep, yep. So, um, I'm I'm not a big big fan of of trying to tie up, especially guys that are on the more expensive end. Yeah. Um, all right. So last guy of the night. We got Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. He's the old man of the group. He's 22 years old, 5'10", 218 pounds. So, um, who did we start with on the last? Forget. Was it Garrett? Or who was it? I have no idea. I think it was Shed. All right, let's go to Garrett. Garrett, your thoughts on Keyshawn Vaughn, who I I do really like. I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. And, uh, you know, we have him here in this this first grouping uh, of players, which – uh, I think for a lot of people, they might not. Um, it, it's tough because he was on a horrible football team this past season. Uh, their oh quarterbacks God, combined for 10 passing touchdowns, like huh. all together, uh, which, is, which is tough to be productive when there's basically no passing threat whatsoever. Uh, on top of that, not a good offensive line. And they're playing in the SEC, which is known for putting out legitimate NFL prospects on the defensive side of the football. So, I mean, he had tough sledding all season long, and yet the man still produced. He had over five yards of carry, uh, rushed for over 1,000 yards, was utilized in the receiving game. And I'll tell you what, this man runs angry. Uh, I love to watch him run. Um, there's... He's another guy that's pretty balanced all around. You see some power in his game. Um, you see some of that elusiveness. Um, he can make guys miss. He's got some good uh, speed in the open field. I, I don't think he's going to be, a, you know, blazing fast. But you know, I think he'll probably run about a four-five or so. Um, 
and he's, he's good along the goal line, can catch passes. He's even split out every once in a while. So there's a lot to like in his game, but the casual fan is not going to know the name, and they're not going to bother with a guy that didn't put up some of these monster numbers. So he could be an absolute sleeper. I think he's probably going to go probably in the third round of the NFL draft is my guess, and I think he's going to be an absolute steal for someone. The third round's fine. David Montgomery went in the third round. Yep, you know, absolutely. High on him. And and I think a lot of people are low on him right now. He was a rookie, and the Bears need offensive line help, and I think he'll be fine. I agree. So everyone calm down. That's right. Chef, <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts on Keyshawn Vaughn? I mean, I'm going to be honest. The only thing I've watched on Keyshawn Vaughn so far is a thread that I think Garrett posted. Yeah, I know you. And... He probably he, Garrett loves to post those threads, and they're good threads. Too. Man, I love so watching. Follow them. Garrett on Twitter, and the his faith ones too. Y'all need to go check those out too. I think he has those uh, at the front of his page, right? Yeah, I do. I have them pinned at the top. Boy, there's some good stuff. I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah, Keisha Vaughn. I, I'm just gonna stick with what Garrett said because I don't want to say anything without me watching too much film on him. Honestly. Okay, uh, Porkman, <laughs> you got something on Keyshawn? Yeah, he, I do. He was, he, it was hard to evaluate him just because the offense was so terrible. But when he did get the ball, I'm going by what Garrett said as well. He, he doesn't look like a powerful back, but once you see him hit that contact, the, the people are going backwards. And his, he's as Garrett would say, also he uses bursty. He is a little bursty as well. <laughs> so once he gets around that corner. And uh, gets down the sideline. Nobody's touching him. Um, so in case you're looking up Keyshawn Vaughn, um, it's spelled K-E apostrophe S-H-A-W-N. Because I spelled it wrong about eight times trying to put it in. Um, so what I found, he's the best player on a bad team. I think we could all agree on that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and speaking of their quarterbacks, if you want to see some of the most pathetic quarterback and wide receiver play, Watch uh, 2018 Vanderbilt versus Notre Dame. Um, the receivers were dropping passes when they're wide open, or <laughs> the quarterback is just throwing it God knows where. It. Oh, I, I'm I think I know like, what you're talking about. I looked at that this week. He, I, the guy, he was going up the middle, and he just totally dropped it. Yeah, and he was falling down, and there was no one around him. I'm like, what are you doing? This is terrible. So my only question is, will they think is age an issue? You know, some NFL teams are. Um, so it's a possibility. So, uh, but definitely what Garrett says, let your casual guys in your league that don't listen to podcasts, especially amazing ones like this, um, let them pass him over, pass over this guy for something else. Um, but he's another guy's feet don't stop. Um uh, one thing I didn't like, and this could be because of his poor offensive line, he's a little indecisive behind the line, but his holes could not be opening up for him to run through, too. The offensive line is terrible, and I'll say it to their face. I'll get beat up, but I'll say it. Um, I think he'll be able to showcase his talents with skilled players around him, and I think he will really excel in the NFL. I think he's a one-contract guy. Um, you definitely want to get out of him in, like, three to four years tops. Um but uh, let's go over some stats. He did spend two years at Illinois, so he's actually been in college since 2015. He sat out in 17 after he transferred. So um, totals for four years, 46 games, 572 carries, 3,296 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, 30 touchdowns, 66 catches for 648 yards, 
uh, 9.8 yards average on receiving and three receiving touchdowns. So not bad for playing for two teams that you know, aren't really very good. So uh, that's all I have on Keyshawn, if anybody has anything else. I love him. Yeah, Garrett loves him. When Garrett loves somebody, that means something. Because Garrett is going to help you find this year's Darius Slayton, mm-hmm. isn't he? I'm hoping so. Yeah. You got anybody so. yet, do you think? Uh, I have a couple names that I like. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn is definitely my guy. So if, if you consider him, you know, more of a sleeper, then, then that is definitely one that I'm on. Um, you know, he, he will be, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the draft capital is, what his landing spot is. But I do think that the talent will rise to the top. Um, and, and I think he's going to be. Uh, one of the better, if not the best, running back on most of the teams that he could be on, and and if he dares get a good landing spot, like if you know Kansas City nabs him in the third round, or um, you know Tampa Bay waits and takes him there, or you know something like that, that could end up being very very special. And all of a sudden, he's not going to be a secret anymore, though. He's gonna he's gonna catch a lot of attention if he ends up in a a great landing spot like that. What about San Francisco? Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> The hard part is I just don't know what San Francisco is doing. Um, I don't think they know what they're doing. It's it's weird because like well they're winning so oh yeah I mean they're they're doing great (laughs) in that sense they know exactly what they're doing. Um, But as far as the running game goes, it's a really tough one to evaluate. But um, you know with a guy like him getting taken later, my guess is he would be part of part of their rotation. Um, So that wouldn't be the best spot, but. Um, I still think he would produce there, and he would still be fantasy relevant. Okay. Um, you guys have anything else to add to any of these running backs? Portman, uh, did you uh, get your guy in there? Is that nah. next week? He's in the next it's, one? That's next week. That's the next All right. week. That's yeah, why I figured, but I just want to make sure. Um, you guys want to rank these before we get out of here? Sure. No. Yeah. All right. Um, I already got mine in front of me. I was kind of just taking notes. So, one through six for me is going to go Dobbins, um, Swift. Oh, man. I wrote it. All right, somebody else go first. I wrote the same name down three times. I don't know what I did. <laughs> you really, really like him. <laughs> he, he, really Tyree, like him. he wrote Tyreek Hill like, down, probably. I don't like Jonathan Taylor that much. And no, it's not Tyreek Hill. Oh, <laughs> Who did I forget? All right, I'll go because I'll go, uh, I know mine. Um, I, have, I have DeAndre Swift first. Uh, I have J.K. Dobbins second, Travis Etienne third, Jonathan Taylor fourth, Keyshawn Vaughn fifth, Cam Akers sixth. You got your show? No, nah, I'll let you go first. I'm All right, so I got uh, – well, I had – I had uh, – so it's the six, right? So I have uh, J.K. Dobbins one, Swift two, Akers three, Taylor four, Etienne five, and Vaughn a six. Okay. Um, I fixed mine. I'm just going to I'm just going to piggyback off Porkman's. I liked his. Uh, that's why I was really going to go with anyway. So I'm going to go with the same as Porkman at the moment. You're going to put Etn that low? I thought we were. I think we were a team Etn. Boy, if I watch uh, enough film, I'd be able to do this. But wow, man, I know I'm, I'm a trash. I'm getting off. <laughs> <laughs> so he um, muted his mic. He muted himself. I'm going to go Dobbins, Swift, Etn. Uh, I do think the upside's there. Akers, Taylor, Vaughn. Uh, Taylor, I have a little lower than Akers just because of the mileage. And uh, Vaughn, So wait, you have ETN at three? I do, yeah. I fully expected him to be lower after all that. 
No, I do. I do like him. It's hard for me to put JT above him. Um, yeah, that was my issue between yeah, Taylor, just, Taylor and Etienne. I had that would there was that's kind of like a tie for like fourth for me. I really feel like Travis Etienne could, like you said, and you're right, he could go to any team and be productive. Whereas a guy like Jonathan Taylor, he might he's really gonna need to have a really good landing spot. I hate to to, and I mean. Travis Etienne with five carries and two catches in a game could be a running back one. Let's sure. be real. Sure. Jonathan Taylor with the same production is going to be a running back four or five. Sure. I get you. It's just not his game. If this was, if I'm starting an NFL team, I'm going to take a guy like Jonathan Taylor over Travis Etienne. But this is fantasy football. It's a make believe game about a real game, and it's all about points. You That's take it. that back. It's real. <laughs> it's real to us. <laughs> so um, when we start it, in the like, XFL league, well, I guess we got to wait till the XFL does their full draft, right? Oh, it's not I think they over. did their draft already. Did they do it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. I think all their players are all allocated. But now right. you can do you can do two forward passes now. Did you see that joke? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll um, I'll look into who hosts it, and we'll go from there. So, how's that sound? Alright, I should have asked before the show, does anybody have a verse for this evening? Uh, I got got one I can do real quick. Sure. Um, Alright, so James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I'll read one more time. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Um, I, I think this is a uh, this is great application for obviously like what we read in scripture like you know it's it's easy to read something and say like oh man that's that's what we're called to that's that's awesome like I, I love that and then like just go about your day and not let it impact you in any way shape or form um, and I think this is uh, this is a problem that that we have just in general not just with with our scripture reading, but in everyday life where, you know, we'll read something where we're like, oh, that's inspirational. Oh, that's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And then we don't let it impact our life in any way. And we don't live it out. And, you know, we, we, we talk the talk, but don't walk the walk for, for, uh, you know, to use a common cliche. Um, so I, I think this is a good word to tie in our heart is, you know, as we, as we spend time in the word, let it actually impact us. Don't, don't let it just go in one ear and out the other. So, Garrett is a great man with a great message, and he has a really nice beard too. I, I never said that to you, Garrett, but it's good. I appreciate it. I take I take yeah. a lot of pride in my beard. You do. You're a good dude, Garrett. Thanks for being on with us. Thanks everybody <laughs> for listening too. Um, so before we head out, where can we find everyone on Twitter? I'm gonna go bottom up. Porkman, where can we find you on Twitter? FF Porkman. All right, and Garrett at Dynasty Price. Chef. At Chef Boy RD, Boy with an I. You could find me at DMBauer85. And please follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. And I know, excuse me, I know a couple people have been waiting for different size shirts. Um, our printer was sick. She got really sick over the holidays. Uh, we are back in touch now. So hopefully next week I will have some smalls, mediums, and triple extra larges in stock. Um, aside from that, still have large, extra large, and double XLs. So uh, you could send me a DM, and I will get you all set up. 20 bucks, shipping's included, unless you're in Australia. 
talk to somebody about that. You got to pay more because it's $17 to send a t-shirt to Australia. I can't eat that. Then I'm taking a loss on the shirt and I already gave enough out for free. So, um, and I would like to remind you until next week, please be kind and please rewind. Thank you, everybody.